This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. I want to greet everybody in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And tonight we're going to have an open discussion, family, but I do have something on my mind. So if y'all have something that you want to talk about, go ahead and throw it in the chat. I know it's a lot going on in the world, a lot going on in society these days. So like I said, before we officially started, all you got to do is ask me. (laughs) If y'all want to see it interesting, make it interesting. But I want to talk about this idea of FOMO, FOMO, F-O-M-O. This is a slang. It's a phrase. It's an expression. It's been around for a little while now, but it's relatively new. And it stands for fear of missing out, fear of missing out, FOMO. And I first came across this term Really, when I was in the world, I think I saw some commercials and they were talking about the football game. And at that time, this was before I was really saved. I could relate because it was like wherever you were on a Sunday, you did not want to miss the football game. So they would have the funny commercials like a guy be at a wedding or something like that. And he would like have a phone that was like off to the side where he could see the score of the game or see see the teams playing against each other. And that's the whole idea of it is just this idea of you don't want to miss out on something. And so, you know, I've been going through some things lately spiritually, and I had to get down in prayer one day and I really began to pray to the Lord. And I realized that the issues that I was having was because I was experiencing Christian FOMO, fear of missing out. And what do I mean when I say that? Well, what I realized is that the stuff that I was doing is stuff that I'm not really supposed to be doing. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be inherently sinful. It could just be, uh, you know, mismanagement of my time or who I'm choosing to communicate with or different things like that. And what I really thought about was the fact that I can't do everything that I desire to do, right? We learned about uh, selfish desires, fleshly desires on this Thursday's Bible study. That was one of the, the D's that leads to delay. And it it is something that I already knew mentally, right? And I already came to this revelation before, but sometimes in a walk, we can sort of get to this place where maybe we get in a rut. Or maybe we're going through some things or maybe we get derailed somehow. And all of a sudden, it's like you find yourself desiring, desiring things that are just not of God or distractions from God. Right. Like I said, maybe sinful may not even be sinful. But the fact of the matter is, if that is something that God is not uh calling you to do in that particular season or something that's pulling you away from God, then then you're not supposed to be doing it. So basically, I, I I had the remembrance, right, that because of the fact that I'm a child of God and I have a calling on my life, there's certain things that other people might be able to do 
that I am not able to do. And under normal circumstances, that will be okay. You know, like when I first came into this walk and when I really started serving the Lord, I, lo I love being peculiar. You know what I mean? I love not caring about what people thought. I love not even knowing what was going on in the world. I loved uh, just being completely oblivious to the happenings and just being totally in sync and in tune with what God has going on and the kingdom was going on spiritually. And that was wonderful. And one of the reasons why it was wonderful was because there was no tug of war. There was no pulling of one side and the other. But what happens is whenever we begin to kind of uh, subside in that area and other things begin to, to compete for our attention, then what happens is we're being pulled in different directions. And that pulling that we find ourselves in is what produces the feeling of fear of missing out, FOMO. Right. Um, you know, uh, and I'm reading Brother Joseph's comment. I'm, I think he's about to finish it. He says, when a belief, when believers suffer from fear of missing out, some will duplicate. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the end of that, brother. But um, that's what I'm really talking about is the only thing that made me feel like I was missing out on something is the fact that I was paying attention to other things. Now, sometimes when you come into the walk, everybody comes in differently. You know, some people come come in like a locomotive train. Some people kind of ease their way in. I was somebody that came in like a locomotive train. So, like I said, when I experienced the glory of God and really found out who he was, everything around me became pretty much irrelevant. I like the way Pastor Gary Price puts it. He says that once we truly become born again, everything around us becomes strangely dim. You know, it becomes strangely dim. It's like the things of the world start to just seem so uh, temporary. They start to seem so fake. And, you know, people just you begin to see people for who they really are and not just their, their outer appearance. So. Things became strangely dim and it's like the focus is just there. It's just right where it needs to be. And. I noticed things just became insignificant. Like I used to be a diehard football fan, diehard fantasy football fan. And it over time, it just went away. Now, part of that is because I joined the church. <laughs> when you join the church, church will pretty much destroy football as an idol. If, you, if you're a guy, maybe even a woman, and you come into the faith with football as an idol, look, they're going to have church service. It's going to run past one o'clock. That's when the games start. And for some reason, it's always during football season when your church want to have all the afternoon services, right? So, <laughs> so you have a fear of missing out in uh in church, you know, if you're a new Christian and stuff like that, and you try to check the school, but you ain't trying to be rude and be on your phone while the preacher preaching. After a while, you just it's like you can't, you don't even have the time to really love it the way that you used to love it. So I just want to talk about the idea of fear of missing out and the idea of surrendering our will. You know, when we feel like we're missing out on something, it's it's what's really happening is we have a will and God has a will. And 
hopefully we want to fulfill God's will for our lives. But, you know, we naturally want to fulfill our own will for our lives and they begin to compete. So what's the solution? The solution is that we got to, as the Bible says, crucify our flesh daily, you know, crucify ourselves daily. When we get into a rhythm, when we get into a routine, when we build good habits, as they say, they say it takes 21 days to build a habit. I don't know if that's true or not. But when we get into um, a discipline of actually being in the faith and actually just living a sold out life of Christ, it doesn't become grievous to keep the commandments of God. It doesn't become grievous to follow Christ. It only becomes grievous when we start to do the inconsistent thing. You know, I had a, a couple good days, then I had a couple bad days. And we say good and bad. You know, who God probably doesn't even look at it that way. But at least in my mind, a couple good days, a couple bad days, a couple good days, a couple bad. And you can't really get into a routine. It's like this thing just wants to capture your attention. So the Bible says if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You know, we got to cut it off. So we can experience all types of FOMO. You might experience FOMO of not being able to go to the happy hour, if, you know, not being able to go to the club, if that's your conviction, not being able to listen to certain type of music, if that's your conviction, not being able to do any number of things, right? It's just this whole idea of things that, that, that I feel like are being restricted. And if we feel like living for Christ is a restriction, at that point, we got to get back to the drawing board. At that point, we got to do what the Bible says, go back to the first works. We have to really just kind of um, assess what, what, what has really kind of crept into our minds and our hearts that's making it feel like it's a chore to fast, to pray, to read the Bible, to um, worship, to praise and all that. Because here's the deal. Satan walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Jesus told Peter, I believe he said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. So if he was trying to sift Peter, that means he's trying to sift all of us. So there's, there's, a, there's a sifting process and the way sifting works, imagine like you have some flour, like baking flour, and maybe you got something solid in there, or maybe, maybe it's just some, 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 uh, some flour or some powdered sugar or something like that. And you just kind of you just kind of sift it, and it's little by little, little by little. You kind of hit the thing, shake the thing, little by little, little by little. And next thing you know, all of that flour and all of those powdered sugar and whatever other ingredients, they're now in a bowl, completely separate from where they started from. So that's the enemy's goal: is that he wants to get us separate from where we started, right? He wants to separate us from the true vine. And he does it for different people in different ways. Some people, it might be more in your face. Some people, it might be more subtle. But we have to have examination. Jesus said, the prince of this world, meaning Satan, comes and he has nothing in me. What Jesus meant when he said that is that there's nothing that Satan can offer me that will pull me away from my mission 
that will pull me away from who I am, that will pull me away from what I'm supposed to do. It's nothing that that he has that I want. And so when I was in prayer and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I'm thinking about why I feel like I'm experiencing some some FOMO. I, it hit me that there's something that I want. You know what I mean? There's something that I want. Now, the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, so everything we need is provided for us. So 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 we have a different mindset of want in the in in, in our today today's vernacular a want is just something that we uh something that we actually want as an add-on but in the bible when you see the word want it means lack so when he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want david is saying there's nothing that i lack in the lord right for us there's nothing that i lack in christ but when we say want Okay, we're saying that, okay, I might have everything I need, but there's something else that I want, right? And so we have to kind of do this assessment of what it is that we really want, what is driving our desires, what is what is competing for the attention of God. And and I've been doing a lot of troubleshooting to really figure out figure that out. I mean, I kind of know what it is, <laughs> but then it's like once you know what it is then you have to take the action to actually do what you need to do to crucify that desire because the flesh is the thing that wants. So we have to, we have to mortify it. The Bible says mortify your members. That means to kill. So that means that, okay, yeah, sure. I might want X, Y, and Z, or I might want to be able to do this. or I might want to be able to go this place, or I might want to be able to have these type of friends to talk to these type of friends. That might be what my flesh actually wants, but in terms of what I should be doing and how I should be living, there's something different. So I can't manage it. I have to kill it. Okay. See, we try to manage desires. We try to do do things in moderation and certain things we, we are supposed to do in moderation, but things that are competing for the attention of God which is the flesh. He doesn't tell us to, um, you know, negotiate with the flesh or manage the flesh. He says to crucify it. Paul said, I buffet my flesh. That means he beats it down. You know what I mean? Like with a baseball bat or with his fist, he beats down his flesh. Why? Because he's trying to kill it. So we got to we got to snap out of it. You know, I'm, I just wanted to have that discussion tonight. You guys can let me know if you ex ever experienced Christian FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, maybe you maybe there's a concert that came into town. Uh, maybe, there, <laughs> you know, maybe you walked in the store and you heard one of your old slow jams and you ain't married. You know what I mean? Um, those type of things. But I think that one of the biggest contributing factors is being able to find balance in this walk. A lot of us, me especially, I'm like a hot cold type person. Like I, I, I'm like gung ho. I'm 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 like hot cold. You know what I mean? When I started living for the Lord, I was just I was just hot. Okay, 
And what usually happens is a lot of us start out hot. You know, we come into this love and it, it invigorates you. It excites you. We have zeal. You know, we have all of this different type of stuff. And over time, life happens, things hit. We begin to learn more. We begin to figure out, uh, you know, things that, you know, word begins to cut us. And sometimes we start off, we go so fast, we might become a little bit tired, a little bit weary. And, you know, we start off very zealous. And sometimes what the Lord will do is he might tell us to scale it back a little bit and to find some some balance in life. That's very difficult because what it means is that we'll have to learn how to rest in Christ. And personally, I believe resting in Christ is almost like a skill because when we hear resting in Christ, what we're thinking, well, what might come to mind is, okay, I don't have to do the things that I typically do. And that I don't believe that's what resting in Christ is. You know, I just believe that resting in Christ is just being able to to live with wisdom and to not be burdened or cumbered by things. You know what I mean? Just sometimes to be able to sit at his feet and rest. But the question is, do we get enjoyment just from sitting at his feet? See, when we look at Mary and Martha and, uh, you know, the difference between the two of them, Mary was sitting at his feet. Martha was just going about doing a lot of stuff. And even though Martha looked more productive, the fact of the matter is sometimes people like to be doing stuff so that they don't have to quiet themselves down. So it wouldn't surprise me if Martha kind of liked to be the person that that just did that because I want to feel like I'm accomplishing something. I want to feel like like I'm doing something with this walk, with this relationship with Christ and all of that. And so we can get caught up in that trap of working. But Jesus told him, he said, one thing is needful. One thing is needful. And that's to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus, just to be in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So listen, tonight is an open discussion. So anything y'all want to talk about, anything that's on your mind, we can talk about it tonight. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Sister Nicole was supposed to be on here. This was supposed to be a dialogue, you know, and I, I didn't pretty much say most of what I want to say. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb of God. But you guys let me know what's going on with you. Let me know how things are going. Let me know what's new. Let me know what's on your mind. Uh, I want to take a moment to just greet people and to read some comments. Uh, glory to God. Uh, I see a lot of folks. So here's the comment that Brother Joseph was saying. He says, when believers suffer from fear of missing out, some will duplicate worldly activities with a thin Christian veneer. Wow. Wow. I want to talk about that comment, brother, because I think you might be on to something. I think what you might be talking about is something that we see a lot, which is where I want to be doing what the world is doing. So I'm going to emulate what the world is doing and I'm just going to 
to like put the name of Jesus in it, or I'm going to, you know, wear a little cross while I'm doing it. I'm just going to do something to kind of make it seem Christian. But really what it is, is I just want to do what everybody else is doing. And I think a lot of people go through that, especially like a lot of immature Christians, they go through that because there is a burden. There's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a price to pay that comes with being different. There's a price to pay that comes with being set apart. There's a price to pay that comes with being peculiar, a chosen generation of royal priesthood. And a lot of times that price is persecution. That price is being viewed as strange. Jesus said, Jesus warned his apostles. He said, listen, if they hate you, it's because they hated me first. Matter of fact, he might even say when they hate you. I got, let me look that up. But the point that he was trying to make is that, listen, you're different from the world. It had to be in like John chapter 16 or 17. If they hate you, it's because they hated me. Hold on. Let's see if we can find it. So it's in John chapter 15. They're saying verses 18 through 27. So let's read this real quick, at least some of it. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for what my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had no, they, they had not sinned, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hates me hates my father also. So this is the price that believers have to pay for following Christ is that the world hates Christ and they hate Christ because they hate the father and they don't know God. Okay. They don't know God. So a lot of Christians know this. Uh, some of them know it because they read it. Some of them know it instinctively that, hey, if I don't if I speak out against this particular sin and the whole world is supporting this sin, then I'm going to look like the bad guy. I'm going to be in the minority. See, what we have to understand as believers is that us plus God equals a majority. But. If we have a carnal way of looking at things, then we're going to be like, man, the whole country supports this. All of the companies support this. All of the cities and the states support this. So if I don't get on board with what they're doing, then everybody's going to be pointing the finger at me. And because some people know this, they begin to do what? They begin to compromise. They begin to compromise. And this goes back to what I was saying when Jesus said, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. 
see if some if we care about the opinion of man that's something that we have in us it means that we fear man and not god or we fear both man and i don't know if you can fear both at the same time because either you're going to fear man or you fear god so if we begin to fear man what that means is that we we obey man and it means that we become compromised and that's one of the things that I realized as I was meditating on this throughout the week and realized this in my prayer is that, you know, and we talked about delay and the spirit of delay and things like this on Thursday. One of the reasons why God may not promote us or uh, uh, exalt us is because he doesn't want to send us out with compromise in our system. Many of us have seen pastors, other offices, they get caught up in scandals. You hear about what they're doing in the church, what they're doing with the money, what they're doing with the women, whatever the case may be. How Whose show they're going on and agreeing with everything that they say. What's up with these people? Well, either these people are wolves and they're not even of God or Maybe they started off with God, but they went in compromised. So a lot of us desire ministry. A lot of us desire promotion in the kingdom of God. But the question is, if I send you out, God speaking, if he, if God sends you out, is he going to be able to have all of you? Because there are going to be situations and circumstances where God will need all of us in order to accomplish his will through us. And just as God is searching to make sure that he has all of us, the devil at the same time is looking to see what part of him or her does God not have? Is it the money? Is it the men? Is it the women? Is it the the, the clout? Is it the notoriety? Is it the is it fear like he he's examining us just like the lord is examining us and he's going to try things he's going to try this is what we got to understand if you got any type of ministry at all and you're doing something constructive for the kingdom of god you're going to face opposition you're going to face an adversary it's guaranteed we have to make sure that we're positioned enough to be able to respond the right way, which in some cases is not to respond at all. You just got to be a dead man walking. You know, I heard Pastor Gary Price say this as well. He was talking about Jesus Christ and how he came down to the earth. And one thing he said, he said that Jesus never lived the day of his life. And what he meant by that was this, because I know somebody hear that and they like it's the record scratch. But this is what he meant when he said that. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He did not sin at all when he came down here. But he had fleshly desires just like you and me. The book of Hebrews talks about how we have a high priest who has basically suffered all, all afflictions, all things that are common to man. So every temptation that we face, every uh, issue that we face, Jesus Christ faced that because he put on flesh just like we're in flesh. But the thing about it is he never acted on those desires. As a matter of fact, I think in one context, Jesus said, 
uh, this is a paraphrase. Anything you you even hear me say is the father saying it. Jesus didn't even speak of himself. He spoke of the father. Let me see if I can find that. Look like we having Bible study tonight. Unless y'all give me some some interest to talk about, we just glad Bible study. Um, any any scripture, anything I say is from the Father. Search that. See what we get. John chapter twelve, verse forty nine. This is what I want. He says. Jesus speaking, he says, I have not spoken on my own, but the father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So Jesus didn't even speak on his own. He said, everything I say, the father's telling me not only what to say, but how to say it. So he lived a laid down life. He lived a crucified life. And sometimes it's hard for us to feel like we have the we're missing out because we've got to consistently live a crucified life. Now, if you crucify yourself every day, it's going to feel like less and less of a death. Right. <laughs> but if you go on a cocaine binge or, you know, you go on something, you know, uh, nah, I ain't going to get in trouble tonight. If you go on just something where it's like you're just doing the most and then you come down from that, then that's a huge crash. Okay, that's a huge crash. But if you just consistently little by I'm crucified my flesh, okay, rise up, crucified. It's like little small, little small crucified. They you don't even feel them. You don't even feel them. But when you just decide that you want a vacation from the Lord for a little bit. You want to be a sheep and you want to, you're in the fold, but you want them 99 and you just wander away for a little bit and you just decide, let me see what's going on over there. And you start looking over there and you say, oh, and then you get lost. Okay. The, the herd is, 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 is going. Then Jesus got to come get you, throw you over his shoulder again. And that's a long way back. It's a long way back. So this is why one of the fruits is what? temperance which means self-control self-control is one of the things that keeps us grounded if we're consistently self-controlled then and living a life of discipline then it won't feel so bad to eat a salad you know it won't feel so bad if you eat salads every day you won't even notice it you know so i agree definitely brother joseph with what you said about how some people just basically live in a worldly way but then they just disguise it with the christian veneer you know what i mean and there's a lot of slippery slopes because paul said to the jew i became as a jew to the unbeliever i became as an unbeliever and people will take that scripture and they'll run with it you know they'll be like <laughs> You know, I think I saw, well, I don't mean to pick on this lady, but this is just the first example that came to mind. I remember, this, and this was several years ago, so she could be completely different now. But there was a particular gospel singer, I won't even say her name, and she was on a TV show, and she wanted to relate to the prostitutes. So she was evangelizing, but she was going out and giving the prostitutes condoms and cigarettes right 
she, she I shouldn't laugh. I need to stop laughing at stuff that should that I shouldn't find funny. But she was giving them condoms and cigarettes. Now, do I understand the human logic of what she's trying to do? What she's trying to do is this. She's trying to say, okay, you're in this lifestyle. Ideally, we want you to be saved. But we know that you might not get saved overnight. And if you're going to be doing this anyway, at least be safe about it. Or if you're going to be stressed out, you know, smoke a little cigarette. I don't, I don't know. That's I'm assuming that's what she was thinking, right? But yes, God wants us to relate to people, but he doesn't want us to relate to people in such a way that that it brings about sin, right? He doesn't want us to relate to people in such a way that uh that we compromise ourselves. You know, in this same particular singer, I saw her, you know, uh, a little bit later than that, she on the Internet cussing people out and stuff like that. So now you start to see the fruit of, okay, either this person is just not of God or she's just not in a position to be ministering right now because she has a lot of things that she's still troubleshooting through. And we got to show grace for that. But at the same time, we got to call out the foolishness right with the with scriptures given for what to reprove rebuke to exhort you know what i mean we we have a right to do that for one another so it's a slippery slope because we got a lot of avenues to go into because people are in all different places you know the lord has me doing christian rap so to a certain degree it's like you know i know a lot of christians will say that's worldly and stuff like that Look, all I know is God told me to do it and I just make the music that he tell me to make. And that's pretty much it, you know. But um, even in that, I'm very intentional that if I make a song, it's because God told me to make that song or, you know, God inspired it. And I feel like my sound is a little bit different. You know what I mean? It might even be a little bit dated, actually, because everybody now is doing the auto tune. And it's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I guess you can be a Christian rapper and do the auto-tune and the singing auto-tune and all of that. But uh, I don't do that, you know? And I realize it sounds a little bit different. My content is very different. Most of it's storytelling and all of that. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is, it's something that's designed to reach people, but it's not designed to compromise. I'm not on the track cussing. I'm not on the track, you know, hopefully I ain't sounding like, too many people in the world too closely or nothing like that so that's kind of what it is uh you know uh but i agree with you brother joseph a lot of people they want to act a certain way dress a certain way and just 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 use god as a prop they want to use jesus as a prop and i don't think we should be doing that so he goes on to say brother greg there is an expulsive power when the new affection is Christ, old things pass away. I agree. I agree. You know, when we really come to know the Lord, everything else becomes insignificant. It's like you, you've you you've come to know the creator of the universe as we know it. I won't even say that you, the creator of all things as we know it. You've come to know him and have a relationship with him and it's mind blowing. You know, but we have to continue to um, renew that, you know, in, in marriage, 
they have something called renewing of the vows or they have what's called an anniversary. So some people will will go on an anniversary to commemorate. They want to renew the vows. Why? Because they want to keep the relationship fresh. You know, I came into knowing you, we had a honeymoon phase and, you know, we had, we, we came in, but then of course life hits kids come on the scene, work comes on the scene, all these other things come on the scene. And so they say, you know what? Look, too much stuff has been going on. That's been pulling me away from you. We need to go on an anniversary of vacation. Matter of fact, I think I saw sister Roxanne says she in Puerto Rico right now. We need to go on this trip. And we need to focus on nothing but one another. You know, forget about the kids, forget about work, forget about the other family. I'm just going to focus on you. I'm going to appreciate you. I'm going I'm to I'm love on you. And that's how it should be with the Lord. But it should always be that way. You know, we're growing, but we can never outgrow God. So we always want to be in awe of God. You know, if we find that we're not in awe of God, what that means is that we feel like we've learned too much and we got this all figured out. And we know even Paul said, I've not yet apprehended. Or it seems like, or, or it might be that um, that we've just kind of drifted away a little bit and we need to get back focused. We need to get back in the presence of God and really realize the pleasures of God. See, the thing about the world is the pleasures are very instant, very instant, you know, but in order to realize the pleasures of God, we have to get in the presence of God. There's a scripture says in, in, in his presence is fullness of joy and that is right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there's a fullness of joy, but you know, to get there, we got to be praising. We got to be worshiping. We got to be praying you know what I mean? We got to have good, good, intimate prayer in the prayer closet and just really meditate on him and focus on him. And in order to do that, your flesh has to die. The flesh has to die. Now, when you get there, it's amazing. <laughs> but the flesh don't want you to get there, you know, but we, we should be striving to be in the presence of God. Sister, uh. Octavia says, I believe that once God renews our mind, it doesn't feel like a drag to live for God. We will no longer desire the things of the past. And if we tried to go back to it, we realize we don't enjoy it. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, certain things the flesh going to always enjoy, but we have to. We have to do some self-examination. Bible say, let a man examine himself, see if he even be in the faith, you know. And uh, to your point, you know, it should be fun to live for God. It should be fun to live for Christ. And that's why I'm having this discussion, because it's like if we feel like we're having FOMO, it means we got to really figure out what's causing this. What's causing this? It's because there's, there's something that that we want you know, I'm going to use the word desire. There's something that we desire that's competing against God. And God is a jealous God. He's not one for competition at all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's see what we got going on over here. Once again, I'm going to reiterate this one more time. Open discussion. So if anybody got a question or you want to shift gears and talk about something else, just throw it out there. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moni E says, yes, very zealous. Then there is a point where we experience spiritual fatigue. Yeah. Elijah experienced that, you know, and uh, he went there, God took him up there and said, uh, you know, the wind came, but there was nothing in the wind and, you know, all this other stuff happened. And what God was really saying, the Lord wasn't in none of that stuff. He's saying that he's not in the commotion. You know, we got to be in a quiet place to be with God. Miss Clark says, it's wonderful to sit at his feet. The problem for me arises when I have to get up and get back to the duties and joys of life. I'd love to spend all my time at his feet. Just can't. Man, sister, I feel you. I feel you. Um, and it's convicting to hear you say that because I be having, uh, it's weird. I'm kind of a busy person, but I also kind of have a lot of free time too. I'm not sure how I balance that or, or what I'm really saying when I say that, but I guess what I'm saying is there's always something to be done, but I don't always allocate my time the right way. So I do have time to be at his feet more, and that's what I need to be doing. Um, God bless you, Natoya, Natoya, Natoya White. She says, right, either God or man, it's a different feeling. True. Yeah. We can't be hard between two opinions. You know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So God commands us to be single. Remember what, uh, I think it was Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if thine eye be single, thine whole body will be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, then the whole body is full of darkness. Notice that the contrast between single was not double. It wasn't even plural. It was evil. So what is the Lord really saying when he says that? He's saying that to be single-minded and focused on the Lord is how we should live. But if we're not solely focused, what is what is the, what are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. All, all your mind, heart, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Um, so that's where we need to be. And we definitely need to be there in this hour because there's a lot going on, a whole lot going on. Sister Tatiana says, when you work in the ministry, you get attacked very heavy. Yeah. And sometimes we get attacked. See, see what I've learned is that the devil will attack you according to who you are. Or who he thinks you are. So some people he'll hit with very obvious attacks. Some people he'll hit with very covert attacks. You know, some sometimes he'll he'll try to backdoor people and things like that because he says, "Okay, I can't get him or her with this easy one, so I'm gonna be a little bit more cunning." So that's why God told us what He said: "Be as harmless as serpents." Excuse me. Be my bad. Be as wise as a serpent but as harmless as a dove. The serpent was the enemy in the garden. So God is saying that we've got to be as wise as our enemy. But even with that wisdom, that doesn't mean that we act like the enemy. It doesn't mean that we carry ourselves like the enemy. It doesn't mean that we respond like the enemy. We're as harmless as a dove. 
And that takes a lot of um, crucifying of the flesh as well. Yeah. Natoya says, it seems like the the glory was over Jesus so much. No sin is we under with uh, God glory. Lord, we really need him. Yeah, I think what she's saying there is that the presence of God was so heavy on Jesus that it empowered him to live that type of life. You know, and we should be striving for that. We we can't get what we try and be Christ-like. <laughs> Christ-like. You know, I just want you to look at me and see, he look a little bit like Christ. She look a little bit like Christ. You know, we don't want to look like the devil. Because what I always say is every, every child resemble their father. You might not always look like him, but you might have his mannerisms. You might walk like him. There's something about every person that resembles their father. So if our father is God, then we should look godly. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, either make the tree good or make it evil. You know, make it. So so we determine what type of fruit we're going to bear based upon the choices that we make. Um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's the phrase, being all things to all people. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, do what God says. Because when breath gone, is no turning back. Absolutely. I call it not leaving any plays on the field. The Bible calls it redeeming the time. We got to redeem this time for the days of evil. And like we learned about on Thursday, that's what the devil's coming for. He's coming for time. You know what I mean? He's coming for time. Uh-oh, Lori trying to get in trouble tonight. People are taking the COVID vaccines, fear of missing out. Well, that's that's a type of fear of missing out. And as I've said before, you know, to each his own, it's each person's prerogative if they choose to take it or not. Uh, personally, I'm making a choice not to take it. I feel like that's my choice to make. And the way that this administration is setting it up is that if you don't take it, you're going to miss out. OK, namely, you're miss you're going to miss out on life. <laughs> quote unquote life. You're going to miss out on being able to go to the sports game, being able to play for the NBA team, being able to go to your job and make a living. You know, I just put in my religious exemption on Friday. So we'll see what they, what they determine, you know, either they're going to accept it or they're going to reject it. And I'm just going to be looking for a new job. So, you know, pray for me in that regard. As I've said on here before, I believe the Lord has been trying to get me to focus on being more entrepreneurial anyway, right? Um, by the grace of God, I just had a my second client for videography, the lady that I go to for massage. We did a, we did a um, contract for four videos and we shot the second video of that. So she wouldn't be my second client but it's my second client work, still my first client. Well, I got two clients now anyway. Anyway, look, but the point is there is a fear of missing out of being able to go to work, 
there's a fear of missing out of being able to go outside of the country. It might get to the point of being able to travel. It might get to the point of all of these different type of restrictions that uh, folks are coming up with. And, um, and by folks, I mean this administration and the people that support it. And uh, there's so much propaganda that's come on the scene that, you know, it's like, what are we supposed to do? So, you know, we'll see what happens. I haven't told my boss yet that I put that exemption there. I started to, but I was like, you know what? I know. So it's not my job specifically that's doing it. Of course, it's Joe Biden makes this mandate that I'm, I'm not even sure if he's even legally able to make. But anyway, he makes this mandate saying that all companies over 100 people need to get everybody uh, jabbed. So I realize it's not the immediate people I work with that's bringing this to me. So I started to kind of get in the heads up like, hey, I'm putting this in. But I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? First of all, this is spiritual. And also, I'm not going to give them anything because these spiritual wickedness in high places, they're not, they're not playing, they're playing hardball. They're not playing softball. Okay, they're, they're not compromising. They have an agenda. So I'm not going to give anybody anything more than what they need to have. So they'll find out when they find out. It ain't personal. Like, like my man said on New Jack City, look, it ain't it ain't business. My What do you say? My bad. I'm about to mess the whole quote up. <laughs> it ain't personal. It's business. It's just business. That's how it is. But we see a lot of that going on. Um, the idea of trying to save life so that they don't lose life. But Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake in the gospels, then you shall find it. Man, he said, you shall find it. That means that it's out there somewhere, but we have to find it. So I genuinely believe that um, ultimately... I'm, ho I'm hoping I can buy as much time as I can, <laughs> but ultimately I think I'm just going to be out here and I'm going to be uh, an entrepreneur. I'm going to be hustling. You know what I mean? I'm going to be hustling and that's okay. It just means I'm going to be dependent on God. Um, my hope is that a lot of these companies, and when I say companies, I should really say employees, my hope is that a lot of these employees at the companies continue to cause disruptions. I had a, uh, um, I heard about Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines, they had a whole bunch of flights canceled last week. Why is that? It's because Southwest. What? Are, let me let me let me say the official reason first. The official reason that Southwest gave for all of the cancellations was because of the weather. But there have been other, but every other airline didn't have any issues with the weather and we all live in the same country. So what's the problem? So the issue that other people have said is that it wasn't the weather, but it was more about the fact that the employees were going on strike and the employees were going on strike because many of them made the decision that, Hey, I don't want to put this in my body. Okay, it's as simple as that. It doesn't it doesn't even really need an explanation or anything, but I could go through a laundry list of reasons why 
you know, it's nonsensical. Uh, but personally, they just made a decision. I don't want to put this in my body. Okay, what's the big deal? Um, so I, I commend those people that work for Southwest. I heard something this week about In N Out Burger. I think they're over there on the West Coast. And In N Out Burger, that's one company that actually said we're not going to enforce these vaccine uh mandates because the state said that for anybody in the state I'm speaking of is uh California, Los Angeles, I think it what it might have been, but definitely California. They said for anyone to enter into the restaurant, they have to have a vaccine pass or vaccine card, whatever it is, something that says that you've been fully vaccinated. In and out Burger said that they're not going to participate in these tyrannical views. And I commend them for that. I'm excited they did it. And I hope more companies do. I, I hope see, see what's happening is there's a there's a push to tear down the system. And I watched a video earlier today. I'm encourage everybody to watch it. It's a guy named Truth Unedited. He's a YouTube channel. And he put out a video either today or yesterday. And he was talking about um what we're seeing now with these food shortages, inflation. Um, and basically the collapse of this old system, what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring about a new system. The slogan that they've given it from the White House is called Build Back Better, right? That's what they've called it. The worst slogan ever, by the way. Like, it just sounds stupid when you say it. Build Back Better. It's, it's ridiculous. But why is that? Well, if you look at the word Build Back Better, BBB, you put that in lowercase, what does it look like? 666. So that's the build back better that they're trying to do. They're trying to prepare things for the Antichrist. So there's a very intentional destruction of our society that's taking place. And I mean, just in a matter of months, look at how things have changed since the election. I mean, just sheer months. It's only been like nine months or something like that. And it's just light years different. Um, it's because it's intentional. Uh, in order to build back better, you got to tear something down first. See, nobody really declared <laughs> that anything was broken. Okay. But what happened was they broke it on purpose. They had the convenience of this particular um, pandemic. And uh, as a result, this was the perfect opportunity to basically take people out of work, destroy small business, and separate the classes. Now they're talking about something they want to do with taxes. They said that they were going to monitor, they being the IRS, monitor every account that has $600 or more in it. They're going to monitor those transactions of $600 or more, those accounts. Well, why is that? They claim that it's because there's a lot of people that skimp out on their taxes and they want to, uh, you know, remove the debt. All the while, every time you turn around, it's like a trillion dollar bill that they, and I'm like not a trillion, but multiple trillion dollars bill that comes out and, and they just casually say, oh, it's a three point something. It's a six point something trillion dollar bill. Like that's just like like it's just. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's just a word, right? That's that money is our money. We we pay taxes to support these bills. And so the government's doing what? Just printing money, printing money, printing money to the point where the money's not going to mean anything. That's why we're experiencing inflation right now. You go to the store, things are more expensive. What is inflation? I'm going to give a real simple example, right? I think in order for us to answer the question, what is inflation? We got to really ask the question, what is money? So let's say that I sell apples, okay? I sell apples for $5 a bag. So everybody comes to me and they buy apples for $5 a bag, okay? Now, while I'm selling my apples, people are out and they're working 40 hours a week. And let's say that they work and they get their paycheck. They work 40 hours a week and let's say they make $1,000 a week. And they take their $1,000 and they come and then they buy some apples from me. So I'm getting a certain demand based on the people that's able to afford my apples because there's a value that's appended to the work that they did during that 40 hours a week to gain that a thousand dollars that they gained right there was a value behind it but what happens when you just print money with no value appended to it whatsoever and so you now give everybody a thousand dollars that means that there are people who have a thousand dollars that they didn't actually work for and as a result, what that means for me and my apples is that now I have more people coming to me that can afford my apples. There are more people that are buying my apples. So whereas I might not have sold out before, I sold out in 10 minutes. And so now if I sell out in 10 minutes, I'm going to say, wait a minute, like either my apples are worth more than they usually are worth or the dollar is not worth as much as it usually is worth because the people that have the dollar didn't actually work for it. There's no actual value appended to it. It was just handed out to them. So I sold out in 10 minutes. So now what I need to do, if I'm smart, I need to raise the price of my apples from $5 to $10. Just because I'm now resetting my product based upon the value of the dollars that are coming to purchase my product. So ultimately, what am I saying? Hopefully y'all were able to follow that. That when you just print money frivolously and there's nothing that's actually behind it, then now the price of everything goes up because the price of the dollar has went, I mean, excuse me, the value of the dollar has went down. And that's how we come up with inflation. So what happens now is you're still making 40 hours a week and you haven't gotten a raise. So you still have the same $1,000 a week that you have been getting from before. But now when you go out and try to purchase a bag of apples, it went from $5 to $10. And you're wondering why? Well, it's because all these other people got $1,000 that they didn't do anything for. So that means technically your $1,000 isn't really worth anything.
You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like if I go and anyway, y'all get it. So there's a very intentional destruction of America that's happening to bring about globalism. And I'm hoping that we can show enough resistance between now and then to at least buy a little bit of a time to to live the life that we're used to. But more and more each day, it seems like we're not going to return to that life that we're used to unless God comes in and does a real supernatural work because we are in a spiritual battle. We have a president who is barely even able to function. Right. I'm going to show you all this video. <laughs> this video is of Joe Biden. He had a town hall meeting with CNN, or I think it was with CNN. It was with somebody, but he had a town hall meeting recently. And what he did was he was just acting weird. And one of the things he did when he was acting weird <laughs> was he was standing. Hold on. Let me show you all this real quick. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. He was standing very strange. Now, y'all say, like, what's the big deal? He just standing. You'll see it. When you see it, you'll notice it. The title of this video says, Why is Biden, Biden excuse me, clenching his fists? Okay, so let me bring this up on the screen. Let me pull this up first. Okay, turn this up so you guys can hear it. And bring this back to the beginning. And I'm going to bring this on the screen for you guys. In just one second, I'm trying to get it nice and viewable for everybody. Okay. So, and I don't, you know, I don't own the rights to this video or whatever it is I got to say. <laughs> but um, what it says, why is Joe Biden clenching his fists and arms like this? So look at, listen, look and listen to this. About that, with just in terms of inflation, because you had told uh, us at a town hall, I think it was in July, that the in, this was just near-term inflation. The Wall Street Journal recently talks to like 67 uh, financial experts who said that they, they saw high inflation going all the way or deep into 2022. About that, with just in terms of inflation, because why is he you standing told, like that? Uh, us at the town hall, I think it was in July. <laughs> right, he's standing. I was looking at the comments. Just near term inflation, like Beavis. The Wall Street Journal recently talked to like sixty-seven to uh, to financial that. experts who said that they they saw well, high inflation going all the way or deep into twenty twenty. And it's just so strange, and we don't know if he's having a bowel movement. We don't know if he's feeling like he's being attacked. We don't know if he's going through dementia. But this is who we have as president of the United States. And uh, as I said before, I do believe that is judgment from God. Um, hopefully, my hope is that he gets removed. You know, and if he gets removed, I don't know if that'll mean anything. You know, I guess what will happen is probably the vice president will come in or something like that. But ultimately, my hope is that this wicked, leadership that we're under would just collapse but if they don't collapse then we just gotta trust god in the midst of the storm you know what i mean like like that's the thing about following christ a lot of stuff we just be like you know lord there's an easier way to do this 
<laughs> like, Lord, you know, make me live right if you just kill the devil. <laughs> like, why not just kill the devil? You know what I mean? But, you know, that's not how God chooses to do it. You know, he chooses to uh, have us to live by faith, to walk by faith. And we have this wicked Pharaoh. He's an incompetent Pharaoh, but he's a wicked, incompetent Pharaoh. And um, we just have to trust God. As I said before, we had some good times in America. And uh, I don't know if we managed those times well. So here we are paying the price for that. So there's a lot to be said about about uh fear of missing out in that regard uh you know i don't know i i i'm not even gonna say that but uh you know there's a lot going on i'm just scrolling through the comments right now god bless everybody that's joining in i like this comment from amore it says distinctions are being made kingdom distinction administration or king's kingdoms when there is a threat against your livelihood and life yes there's a lot of lines being drawn in the sand this is one of the reasons why the agenda of the enemy is able to go forth is because he's dividing people and when people are divided they're not able to stand a, a house that's divided cannot stand so how do you divide people? You make everything an issue and then you just completely polarize it. Like, and, and then you broadcast it all over the news and the internet. So, hey, if you don't, if you don't think exactly the way I think, then, then you're the enemy. If you don't think the exactly way I think, then you're the enemy. And people become divided. And now we don't have any way to really unite because there's all these different lines that are being drawn in the sand. Yes, Southwest uh, cost a lot of flights that week. It was a lot of fun, but you know that's inconvenient, and I'm sorry those people had to go through that. But it's it's a form of protest, and it's 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 what needs to happen so that the the message can get out. Some of you might have heard a slogan recently called "Let's Go Brandon," and if you haven't heard, I'm explaining it without without. <laughs> Well, I'm going to try to explain it without sinning against God. But basically, if you let social media and the media tell it, oh, Joe Biden's doing such a great job and everybody just loves him, all of this. But if you look at the approval ratings, his approval ratings go down practically every week. And also, people are letting their voices be heard in places because people are frustrated, people are upset. So at these sporting events like NASCAR, the college football games, the basketball games, people are starting chants. And the chants, we don't need to be chanting this as Christians. Even though I agree with it in principle, I don't agree with the actual, <laughs> let me not even say I agree with it, but people are beginning to chant uh, F, the, exp the expletive word, F Joe Biden. And they're not saying F, they're saying the whole word. So we can't say that. But they're saying F Joe Biden, right? All of these sporting events, even some of the the the, the quote unquote liberal cities are even saying this F Joe Biden. And on the news one day, there was a lady who was interviewing this guy named Brandon Brown. He just won NASCAR. 
he just won a NASCAR race. And as she was interviewing him, the people in the background were obviously screaming, F Joe Biden. But the newscaster tried to play it off. And she said, oh, Brandon, all these people are cheering your name. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. Do you hear these chants? So the media is basically lying to you right in front of your face, telling you that you're not really hearing what you're hearing with your ears, right? And as a result of it, people just kind of took that and they said, okay, well, we're going to take this slogan, let's go, Brandon, and we're going we're gonna to popularize that because that I actually can say in public without it being public obscenity, you know? And so it's been this kind of like this big inside joke that much of the country has been participating in. So if you hear that or you see that t-shirt, let's go, Brandon, that's code for I'm very frustrated with Joe Biden and I really wish that he wasn't in office right now. And and the reason why I like this, I know I shouldn't like something that's so <laughs> that's so profane, but the reason why I like it is because the people are speaking. And there's a very intentional effort to to stop the common person from being able to voice their opinion and have free speech. There's a lot of people that are trying to control the narrative, but the people are speaking. So if y'all see me with a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt on, you'll know why. <laughs> I want to get one, but I feel a little bit convicted because I know what it really means. So I'm like, if it really means that, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't get that as a as a believer. Moni says lots of truck drivers are quitting. Wow. Lots of people are quitting every job. I think I saw something a while ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago in New York. I think they laid off, what, 70,000 nurses that refused to get the vaccine up in the state of New York. So, okay, what, 70,000 nurses are gone now? How are you going to replace that? You know what I mean? Like, they can manage. But, you know, kudos to anybody that's standing their ground and holding the line because it's the only way that we're going to get things done is to cause disruption. And it's really not even causing disruption. It's 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 resetting the balance of things. The real disruption is the actual mandate. <laughs> that's the real disruption, the hysteria. That's the real problem. We we just have to combat the problem with something just as ludicrous just to kind of bring even things out to where they should be. So that's my hope. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope a whole bunch of stuff happen. Not nothing violent, but a whole bunch of stuff as far as people being heard and, and us re returning to some sort of sensibility about things. Let's be sensible. The reason why people aren't sensible is because they don't have all of the information and because they believe everything that the media says, which is just the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Baal, they believe everything that the prophets of Baal say, or Baal, however you want to call them. Moni says, quick question, in reference to this trillion dollar bill, do you think the U.S. will be able to pay the 17 million to the Haitian gang? So I think what Moni E is talking about, I guess, in Haiti, 
there were some missionaries that went, I guess they went to evangelize. They said missionaries. I don't know who they represented, but usually that means Christians. And some people in Haiti captured them. It was 17 of them. And this Haitian gang basically said, we want a million dollars for each person to return safely. Now, to answer your question, Moni E, $17 million is like a drop in the bucket for America. I mean, I work in budget. I work in federal budgeting. Uh, I worked at the U.S. Treasury before. And uh, $17, $17 million is like $17 to the United States. So can they have, can, are they able to pay, which is your question? Absolutely. Will they pay? Those type of foreign affairs, I'm not even sure how they work. I don't know if we negotiate with terrorists or not. You know, I I, I don't know what they're going to do, but that's a good question. But are they able? Yeah, they're absolutely able. Absolutely able. Yeah, I don't even know that's true. Lori's saying aluminum-based life form found in vaccine under electron microscope. I don't know. It's so much information out on, on all sides and all scopes. You know, that's why we just got to be prayerful and, and exercise some sort of wisdom and sensibility. I don't know what's what's in it or not in it or nothing like that. You know, all I know is that people have taken it and they still catch it. And the CDC has said you can still spread it. So that's enough for me to say, well, what's the point of it? The point of it is what? You just don't get as hospitalized as you would have. I'm in a low-risk group. I wouldn't go to the hospital anyway. <laughs> I got two friends that just had it around my age. They older than me, actually. Didn't Nothing happened. You know what I mean? They got sick. They didn't feel well. About a week passed, and now they're back to normal. So... You know, different effects for different people, but we got to be sensible about this. Man. So Ashkenazi says, speaking of apples, in May 2001, she traveled to the Methow Valley in Washington State, and they destroyed all the apple trees. Let me bring this up. She says, I asked, why, I asked my host, why were the apple growers doing that? And he replied that they, should, that they couldn't compete with China, who was flooding the U.S. market with cheap apples, thereby destroying the farmers growing them. Wow. Well, that's an interesting system. My question, though, is like, why destroy them? Like, why not just let them grow and just don't use them unless you're going to use that land for something else, which I guess they could have done. But why not just let the apples grow? And if they just go to waste, they just go to waste. But there's a reason for it. I've heard people say that they're like trying to stop farmers from farming. I don't know if that's true. I have heard that there is a backup at the borders as far as ships bringing in supplies and uh, um, items. That is true. What's causing that? I don't know. But they're saying if you got to do your shopping, do your shopping early. Grocery shelves are not as stocked as they usually are. What's happening? Something is destroying the system. 
why don't why aren't what's happening with the ships? Just do the ships like you was doing them a few months ago. Somebody is making a decision to affect these ships. It's intentional. And this might have something to do with it. Ashkenazi says, I understand the U.S. imports a third of our food, which is ridiculous as it makes us dependent on other countries. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of land here. We could be growing food and all of that. Man, I like this scripture. Love not the world, neither the things in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. I think that's what maybe James 4 and 4 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see what my brother Massive Action has to say. I heard a prophecy that Biden will be removed by illness. Kamala Harris will fight for her life. Trump will come in by force of the people but get blackballed by the media, then Obama will take over. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, brother, but that is a very uh, specific and a very bold prophecy. It's a very plausible prophecy. You know, it's just very bold, you know, so I don't know who said that, but we will, we'll see. We'll see. I've heard a person that I, I believe is pretty reliable. She says that she, that God showed her that Biden is going to be removed from office. She didn't. She didn't know how, right? As a matter of fact, you can check out our channel. It's called uh, Kingdom Living Seven Seven One Sister Veronica. I don't know her, know her personally, but I just follow the channel sometimes. And uh, yeah, she said Biden is going to be removed from office. I would love that if that's the case. But, you know, what, what you just said, there, not you, but what that prophet said there, brother, like that sequence of events is very much plausible. I just I just would be interested to see if it happens. I'm going to say this about both Trump and Obama. If either one of them returns back to office, I'm giving both of them the side eye because both of them have very antichrist like um, persona about them so i'm just being i would be leery of that i feel like we're at a stage of this country and this world now where you just can't put your trust in any men you just gotta be like christ just christ alone <laughs> that's it just christ alone ashkenazi says other countries such as france have had large demonstrations here none that i know of shaking my head yeah, I don't know, sister. I saw a couple couple things up in New York and I think one maybe in California or something like that. But as far as like a really newsworthy protest, I haven't seen anything like that. Moni says there's already a shortage of nurses and doctors. Absolutely. The youngest is an eight eight month child. Wow. I didn't hear about this pastor in Jamaica that killed off some of the people in church. I didn't hear about that, man. Glory to God, man. It's so much to talk about family. Listen, I appreciate all of the comments, feedback and all of that. Um, interesting discussion tonight. 
Yeah, just wanted to talk about that fear of missing out and that feeling that we can get. We just got to get back to the Lord and delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. A lot going on in the country. Listen, um, we just going to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Next week, no Bible study and probably no, I'm not going to say no solid talk. It might be an all-female takeover for Solid Talk. I don't know yet, but uh, I won't be on next Thursday, definitely, and I won't personally be on next Saturday. Uh, but if we do have it, do tune in. You know what I mean? Do tune in. Uh, you know, prayerfully, my sisters in Christ will be on discussing a few things. And if not, next Saturday, at some point, we'll have them on. We'll do a female takeover, hangout type thing. And talk about whatever issue the Lord leads them to talk about. Uh, another announcement I meant to say this at the beginning. Some of y'all have been commenting and then your comment gets deleted. I'm not deleting your comment. Some of the comments are being automatically deleted by YouTube. I can't control it because after it gets deleted, I can't really bring it back. Because, I, you know, they just delete it automatically. So if you comment and you're someone who consistently follows this channel, and you see that your comment's not there, I didn't delete your comment. It's just, that's what YouTube is doing. A um, few other things. I think I'm going to just make it on the community tab. Just put some up in the other announcements. Check out the new music video that's out. It's called Then What? Other than that, family, that's all I have in this solid talk. Enjoy the conversation. You all take care and be blessed. This is solid talk. Speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless, I can't even call it We in the last days, Babylon is falling Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a render shall be saved We trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters 
of the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in